Hey everyone, this is Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and welcome to another episode of In the Cloud. On today's episode, we're going to be breaking down some strategies for adopting cloud infrastructure, especially in the broader context of the high-profile cyber attacks that we've seen over the last six months to a year, as well as in the context of evolutions to cloud infrastructure technology. So here to offer some perspective is Mr. Mike O'Malley. He's Senior Vice President of Seneca Global, which is an IT outsourcing, IT advisory, and IT support company that connects professionals and companies to a global network of tech experts. Mike O'Malley, great to have you on. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks, Daniel, for having me. Absolutely. Real pleasure getting to source your insights today. Uh, so just so our audience understands the perspective you're bringing today, can you give us a quick elevator pitch on uh, where your expertise lies in the cloud side of the uh, you know broader technology world? Sure, absolutely. So what, what Seneca Global does is we help customers basically refactor their applications to run in the cloud or build cloud native applications. And then we also host and manage those for them as well. Perfect. That was an elevator pitch if I ever heard one. You've got that one on lock. Thanks, Mike. All right, so let's get into the core insights here. Um, you know, again, just to keep things kind of high level, cybersecurity has been grabbing the headlines this year, especially with so many enterprise high-profile breaches. We had Volkswagen, SolarWinds, McDonald's, the Colonial Pipeline, et cetera, et cetera. I'm curious if you think any of this is due to a shortage of security professionals affecting how companies approach their mitigation strategies, or has the labor shortage dodged this industry and you know, are those two separate issues? Where do you land there? No, I think those definitely go hand in hand. I mean, we're definitely seeing across the industry, right, a shortage of security professionals. And so because of that, and, and I think there's a second thing that's uh, entering here, particularly when we talk about cloud, and that is with regard to cloud and cloud infrastructure, whether you're talking about AWS or Azure or Google Cloud, I think there's a misconception there that the cloud hosting companies are going to protect your applications when at the end of the day, their concern is about protecting the network itself. And so there's very much a need for security professionals who understand things in that application layer uh, because the actual application itself and security of that application is the responsibility of the enterprise. And I think there's a misconception as people move things to the cloud, thinking that AWS or Azure is going to take care of that for them. And that's really not what they do. I want to expand on that. Thank you for bringing up that responsibility. But as more companies are developing their data infrastructure to take advantage of public clouds, and then again, putting their server processing closer to the edge, uh, more companies that you know, also don't have a lot of experience with the cloud, I think misunderstand where the vulnerabilities lie again. So in that context of larger mitigation strategies, where does that network safety responsibility fall on the end user versus where does it fall on the cloud provider? Because I know both have a responsibility, uh, but defining them is important. So what do you see as the definition for both parties? Yeah, I think on the on, on the end user, right, the, the responsibility is effectively don't sue anything silly. Right. So when we talk about best, you know, uh, you know, best uh, uh, use cases and best knowledge. Right. This is where they want to be using two-factor authentication. They don't want to be clicking on emails where they don't know the source. Right. There's kind of those standard set of hygiene. You want to make sure that 
your malware, your virus updates on your PC are always up to date. So there's kind of the standard set of best practices that users need to do, and that's really their responsibility. But at the same time, at an application layer, everyone has to understand that as they move things to the cloud, the big thing that it does is that it greatly increases the surface area for attacks. And so because of this, because there is no demarcation anymore where you have known safe users inside your building versus the big bad outside world, now when you move it to cloud, everything is the big bad outside world. And so you need to understand and be ready for this and realize that there's a lot more holes and a lot more vulnerabilities that need to be patched. And to get back kind of to your first comment on the security side, this is where security professionals become urgently important and therefore the shortage of them becomes a critical issue in the industry right now. Another dynamic that I've been covering with other interviews is uh, getting companies comfortable with adopting private cloud infrastructure as well as public. Do you think that if more companies adopted private cloud infrastructure, do you think that would help them better maneuver some of their cybersecurity strategies and better understand their responsibility uh, in relation to their public cloud partners and networks? What do you see as some of the most valuable learning lessons from uh, approaching those two worlds simultaneously, or do you see them as separate challenges? Uh, I really think it's a migration. I think people are viewing public-private cloud right now as a migration of maybe I want to move to private cloud today to get the agility, uh, to get to the responsiveness of, of applications in the cloud. But over time, there's going to be more and more just because of the economics. There's going to be more and more desire to shift that as much as possible uh, with regard to you know privacy regulations as you can to host those things up in the cloud. And so I think it's a migration over time. But I think the other thing that's important uh, is this idea that you have to understand, let's take the solar winds hack as a, as a great example, right? Those hacks typically take place in minutes and those hacks are not detected for months. And so in the case of solar winds, the initial attack and the initial hack took place in March and they weren't even aware of it until December. And so one of the things that has to be acknowledged here is there's really only two kinds of companies when it comes to the cloud. And that is companies that have been hacked and that are aware of it and companies that have been hacked that aren't aware. of it. And so they really need to understand that the infrastructure and the applications themselves are very vulnerable. And it's exceedingly difficult, right, to prevent getting hacked right now and with the complex uh, infrastructure that they have. And they really need to do much more to be prepared because very likely they don't even know. Let's bring in uh, cost of this migration into the picture too. Where do you see um, just sort of the standardized price tag right now for cloud migration in relation to the last several years, right? Is it more expensive? Is it less expensive? And do you see the price tag impacting how companies do said migration or if they even consider it at all? Yeah, I think I think the the prices are definitely falling and migration is getting more and more economical. Right. And so given that, then this is where as scale continues to increase, more and more applications are going to be moved to public cloud. And the other thing is more and more companies uh, worldwide start to build out their edge infrastructure, whether you're talking about the telcos whether you're talking about these web scale providers and they start moving to these small service edges, 
you're also going to see the economics of that improve as well to get it to the, you know, to move it to the cloud, but also get it ultra close to the customer so that the latency for real-time applications, say virtual reality, gaming, et cetera, becomes extremely compelling as well. My last question for you, Mike, is more about some of the internal dynamics that you see, uh, you know, and feel free to pull from uh, insights from the clients that you've worked with. But do you see this as a challenge of potential disconnect or miscommunication along the management hierarchy of, you know, a corporate leadership structure, maybe misunderstanding what their IT teams need or IT teams misrepresenting the scope of what their needs are to leadership, right? Is that an aspect that creates some of these gaps in cybersecurity strategies, uh, or do you not see this as an issue? What are your thoughts? Uh, what the, the area that I think we're in right now is mostly a cycle of worry, let's say, between security executives uh, and their executive management, right? When you talk to CEOs among our clients, almost all of them, I would say, are worried about security challenges and very much as a group feel like they are not protected enough. And so I would say from that standpoint, you know, there's this cycle of worry where the security experts are raising issues, the executives look at it, it causes them to be more worried. They're asking them to go fix it. By doing that, they're digging into further issues and realizing that this is even more complicated than they thought and they get more worried. And so this is where the need for security professionals uh, to, to look at these challenges and really engage with someone who has that expertise becomes critically important to break that cycle. All right, Mike, thank you so much for your insights today on In the Cloud. I appreciate you giving us this high-level look at where you see the adoption to cloud infrastructure, finding some roadblocks, and again, offering some strategies for enterprise companies and otherwise to maneuver that adoption journey. So thanks again to our guest, Mike O'Malley, Senior Vice President of Seneca Global. And Mike, if folks want to find out a little bit more about some of the work that Seneca is doing in this space, how can they get in touch and how can they learn more? Uh, just come to our website at senecaglobal.com and learn more. Fantastic. Easy enough. All right, Mike, thanks again for your time and we'll chat again soon. Thank you, Daniel.